Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right, welcome back in, everybody, to hour number two here on Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Kester with you. Congratulations to Kevin for winning our HTO giveaway there in the first hour. Uh, always trying to give something away here on Sports Daily for you. All right, Tommy. Uh, I, so we went over everything about why the Ravens on paper have been this juggernaut. And I'll tell you why I still like the Chiefs. And know this, too. This isn't some, like, stubborn I told you so. I think the Chiefs have absolutely already validated what I've been saying all year, that they were good enough to win in the post. They have two playoff wins. They're back in the AFC Championship. This isn't just me, you know, sticking to... No, the Chiefs have already proven that for me. This is, I really do like the Chiefs in this game. I mean, that's it, it is genuinely that. I want to know why. I think, well, because for a couple of reasons. I, I look at the history of the two quarterbacks in the postseason, most importantly. That's the biggest thing for me going into this game. If both of these defenses are great and opportunistic and big-time playmaking defenses, because I think both teams are going to want to do the same thing offensively, right? Run the ball a ton and feature the tight end, right? Both both of these offenses are going to want to do the same thing offensively. And if both defenses are as good as they are, which quarterback is more likely in this spot to allow his offense to do what it wants to do? So I start there with Mahomes. I think Mahomes is always going to win that argument until Lamar Jackson proves it, you know, continuously. More than just one half of football, which he had a great one against Houston. But he had a not great one in the first half against Houston, too. I think the kicking game is as even as it's ever been when Justin Tucker's involved. Harrison Butker's been just as good this year. And I just, like, again, a lot of this has to do with Willie Gay. But if the Chiefs can keep this game close early, I, I think that even as explosive as Baltimore has been, I, I just, I you know, I trust Travis Kelsey more. I think Rashi Rice is as good as any receiver Baltimore has. I, I think it's so even now that the Chiefs are playing this style of football that it just comes into 
Am I taking Mahomes or am I taking Lamar Jackson? And I just trust Mahomes so much more than I trust Lamar Jackson in the postseason. And I think it's closer than the numbers indicate. I think the numbers are slightly deceptive because I think there's a very different Chiefs team than we saw earlier in the year. It's a very different brand of Chiefs football than probably we've ever seen in the Mahomes era. Pacheco's healthy. He's, listen, I was concerned about their backfield before the season because I didn't know if he'd make it to this point healthy. He's made it to this point healthy, and he's a difference maker, and he's always gaining yards. And when both teams want to control the ball and want to control the clock, like they, they, they have the same game plan. They have the same strengths. It's like you're, you're looking in the mirror to some degree. And while Baltimore is certainly talented, more talented in a lot of areas than the Chiefs are, they're not at the most important spot, and that's under center with Patrick Mahomes. I would even say I think the head coaches are about a wash. I think John Harbaugh's as good as there is, right? And he's probably a better in-game coach even than Andy Reid. I don't know if he's a better strategist before a game than Andy Reid, but in-game, he might be. All of that, but it's so even across the board, and they are, really are so similar. I'm just I'm taking Mahomes, man. This is a true battle for me between my head and my heart. Like, it really, really is. Yeah. Because my heart absolutely feels sure. like the Chiefs have all the talent in the world to win and go to another Super Bowl. My head tells me, and just the overall body of work from what we've seen from both teams this season, that it's not going to be quite that easy for Kansas City. And here's the reason why, in my opinion. I think that Baltimore... Even if they don't play their A-plus game on Sunday, they can still win, right? I think they can put out a B game and probably still win. But for Kansas City, if they don't play their A-plus game, I don't think they win. And that's the difference maker for me. Now, can they do that? Sure they can. If things start to work out, if MVS can follow up his performance a week ago this weekend, that will help. If Isaiah Pacheco can run the football like he did a week ago, that will help. If the defense can lock down not just in the second half but the entire game, that's going to help out big time. If Patrick Mahomes has a clean game, then that's going to be key as well. But if any of those things don't happen, it's going to be that much more difficult for Kansas City to win the game where – on the other side, I feel like with what we've seen from Baltimore this entire season, they've played more complete football games than Kansas City has. And if they don't bring their A-plus game, I think they still have the talent to get the win. Do you think that they played their A-plus game against Buffalo? Uh, it was close to that. I don't know yeah. if it was a plus, a, I, I, but it was probably genuinely a game. curious. It was probably I think a game. The, I think the game they played against Buffalo is good enough to beat Baltimore. Yeah, they need to replicate that. And Baltimore's better than Buffalo. I mean, I'm not sure mis- that Lamar Jackson. I mean, there were absolutely mistakes in that game. I, I mean, and, I can think of one. And, right, but from uh, there's a, but one from a de- critical from one. a defensive effort, especially in the first half. I mean, they gave up tons of yards to Buffalo. I don't think you can do yeah, that. Yeah, but look, you're not going to you're not going to shut them down. You're not shutting Baltimore even in your A plus game. You're not shutting Baltimore down. Like that's not going to happen. So it's relative to it. I would say it's unlikely that Lamar Jackson plays as well as Josh Allen played in that game. But it's more likely that everybody else around the quarterback plays okay, better so than Buffalo played in that game. If Lamar Jackson has at or more rushing yards than Josh Allen did a week ago, I think Baltimore wins the game. 
I think that's a fair statement to make. If if Lamar Jackson, because what did Allen finish with, like 160 yards or something like that? I mean, it was like it was ridiculous. I but but it it's relative for me. So if he slowly acquires the yardage, I don't think that's as much of a problem. If he has two or three big chunk runs, right, that lead to touchdowns, like if he breaks two or three, that's where it's the problem. Because the Chiefs have shown us all year in the law of averages, they will allow people to run on them. It's not it's not allowing, though, that to turn into touchdowns, right, on long plays that has that has made that just fine for the defense. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. If, you know, if Baltimore is running at four and a half yards a clip, but doesn't score a touchdown on that drive or doesn't, you know what I mean? So if they, if they're averaging, you know, all the, all this yardage, but in any one given series, they have a three and out or they don't pick up a first down and they have to punt. That's a win for your defense. Anytime they have to punt is a win for the defense. They can run it effectively and still not, have that turn into what will kill the Chiefs. If they don't score touchdowns, they're in trouble. Like for the Chiefs, the, the bend don't break is is going to be perfect for this game. Like if you're just allowing them to kick field goals, and points will be at a premium, field goals will matter too. It'll matter on both sides. But as long as that's not like long touchdown runs, I don't care if Lamar Jackson has 150 yards running. It's fine. If it's not leading to two or three touchdowns that he broke off on massive chunk plays, it's okay. He's more likely to do that than Josh Allen is, right? Josh Allen on a breakaway play, you're not catching Lamar Jackson. He's too fast. So you can't let that happen. He's also not as likely, though, to break through that initial contact as Josh Allen is. So it is it is different. I mean, both of those guys are such good runners in such different ways. I mean, if the Chiefs are getting to Jackson behind the line of scrimmage, he's he's going to go down. It's different than, than Josh Allen who can – break through a couple really of those and then break it off. They didn't really blitz Josh they won't Allen blitz. A whole lot I, They're not going to blitz Lamar yeah. Jackson. They're not going to blitz Lamar Jackson. They're going to spy Lamar Jackson. And he, but the that initial point of contact is the key. Josh Allen breaks through the initial point of contact as a runner. Lamar Jackson's very different than that. He he gets a lane and hits the hole, right? It's, it's different. I think the other underrated part of Baltimore that we really haven't talked about a whole lot is how good of a defense they have. And, and that's kind of overshadowed, totally. number one, by Lamar Jackson and their offense. But it's also overshadowed by the fact that Kansas City has a really good defense, too. And so if you're ranking those units, I think a lot of people would probably put Kansas City over Baltimore. But it doesn't mean Baltimore doesn't mean their defense is bad. They're, they're really good. And we've talked a lot about— Baltimore's been more op- opportunistic. They've been a more explosive They've allowed defense. the second-fewest passing touchdowns in the league. They've got the most sacks yep. in the league. That was one thing in the game against Buffalo was that the offensive line for Kansas City kept Patrick Mahomes clean. But I don't know the status of Joe Tooney. I don't know what that's going to look like. Uh, we know the way that that offensive line has been penalized, especially Jawan Taylor. You know, So Baltimore gets to the quarterback. That's what they do. The most sacks in the NFL this season belongs to Baltimore. And so that's going to be key also. And we've talked about how Kansas City – limits the points scored by opponents this season defensively. Baltimore does a great job too, especially as of late. The last five games, the Baltimore defense has held its opponents to less than 20 points. And in eight games this season, held their opponents to 10 points or less. So they've got a really solid defensive unit, and it gets overshadowed by what the offense in Baltimore can do and and all of that and the flashy nature of that offense. But it's a really, really complete football team all the way around. 
Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think if you were ranking the defenses, you'd have one and one A. They're different, right? The Chiefs are a more sturdy, steady coverage defense. defense with yep. Baltimore is the more opportunistic big play defense. Yeah. There's no question about that. Sacks, turnovers, whatever metric you want to look at for big plays defenses make, Baltimore does all of that better than Kansas City. Kansas City, though, is the more you're just not going to do much against us. You know what I mean? Like just a steady Baltimore has been again, a tick better in points per game. They're one and two. The chiefs have been better in, in yardage allowed per game. If that, if that, and I think it does tell a story about the two defense. They're different defenses. They're both great. Again, I, I think that this is a very close matchup when Kansas city plays this way, the way they played against Buffalo, um, the way they played against Miami, the style that they play. I think it puts them closer to Baltimore and as that gap closes, I, I get that's where Mahomes comes in. I don't know that people look. I think I think in Kansas City, people would say Patrick Mahomes best quarterback ever, right? I think he might be. I think he very well could be. Understand that he's ahead of where Brady was through this point of his career. He has one fewer Super Bowl, but he went to that Super Bowl. He's been to as many. His you know his yardage, his touchdowns. His win-loss record in the playoffs, I believe, is identical, I think. So he's at or ahead of where Brady was. What made Brady so great in the long term was how long he did it for. But what Tom Brady was doing at that point in his career, that's what Mahomes is doing, right? And how many times was Brady that X factor in these moments? So I don't think it's out of line to say when it's as close as it is stylistically— that I that I'm gonna take Mahomes in that spot because I think stylistically it is close right now between these two teams. And again, Houston is not nearly as good as Kansas City. I, that's fair. That is a fair statement. And they had them on the ropes for a half of that game. Now they didn't finish it, and Baltimore, through its true explosive nature, only needed a half to really blow that game out of the water. But Baltimore can't afford a half like that either. Right, Baltimore can't play that way against Kansas City. You're not going to do to Kansas City's defense what they did to Houston's defense in the second half of that game. Not going to happen, at least based on literally everything we've seen all year long. That's not going to happen to the Chiefs' defense. Healthy, again, Willie Gay, we'll see. I think he'll play. But So Baltimore can't do that either. Baltimore needs its A game in this game, too. It's not just, All the pressure is not on Kansas do. What happened in the first half against Houston when they weren't playing their A game? That was against Houston. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the first half of that game, it was, what was it, tied? And Lamar Jackson was doing nothing. So and then they won by three they're touchdowns. Not, I, again, I, I, that's, that's how good they can be. But that was a tie game at halftime against Houston. If Baltimore doesn't bring its A game, that might not be a tied game at halftime. They may be down 10 points to the Chiefs. So they've also got a lot of pressure on them to do this too. I think the gap seems wider than it is because the Chiefs went through the stretch of this season where they didn't play well at all, right? That's not what's happening the, now. The gap, the gap is wider than it is, uh, the, the wider right now, I think, because of the fact that Baltimore, they play, they have played and have had more examples of complete football games, 40 minutes of football from start to finish. More examples of that 
throughout the course of the season than Kansas City has had. And I think that I think that Baltimore, they can get away with not playing their A game and still win. Now, they can't play a C game or a D game, but I, I don't think they have to be perfect in order to win this game. I think Kansas City has to be I don't think either perfect team has to, be. to win the game. Yeah, I really I, do. And it doesn't mean that I, Kansas City can't. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has been on this stage far more than Lamar Jackson has. And so if you want to give just playoff, big stage, AFC championship experience, you give the nod to Patrick Mahomes, absolutely. But, you, but if from a top-to-bottom talent level, and not only talent level, but the way that these teams have played this entire season from start to finish – you, you have to give the nod to Buffalo, or to Baltimore. That's not a subjective statement. That's objective. The way that those two teams have played from start to finish this season, the nod does go to Baltimore. It doesn't mean Kansas City can't win the game, but the nod goes to Baltimore. They've had a better season up to this point. That might be obje- – that's objective, but it's it, – it, it, again, But you can't just throw happen. all that out the window. I'm not throwing it out the window. I'm not. But we know in this spot – Almost no team ever is going to play perfect, except for like Green Bay against Dallas. That was probably as close to playoff perfection as we've seen in a game. Otherwise, in all of these games that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have won, they never play perfect in those games. Do you Neither think- will their opposition. So then it comes down to who can, you know, when capitalize on the opposition's mistakes, who can withstand making a mistake. Mistakes are going to get made in this game. Neither team's going to play perfect. That almost never happens in the postseason. Didn't happen for Baltimore in their first game against Houston. They played half of a perfect game, right? The other half, it was far from it. So that that won't happen. Neither team, and if, I'll tell you this, if either team comes in, Tommy, and plays perfect, they'll blow the other team out. But it's not going to happen that way. Neither of these teams is going to play perfect. Neither of the teams in the Niners-Lions game is going to play perfect. So that's where you get into the nitty-gritty of it. And it's almost like which team, A, makes fewer mistakes, but which team is more capable of overcoming them within a game? Nobody has been better than the Chiefs over these last few years than overcoming whatever is thrown at them. And in how many times in this run... Do you watch the Chiefs? And, like, I put myself in the opposing fan base's shoes all the time, and the only thing we've ever seen like it is Brady. Like, how did that happen? How are we sitting at the end of this game after everything that's happened through the course of this game, and they still have a chance? That is the Chiefs, right? No matter what you do, when it comes down to the fourth quarter, it's almost certainly going to be a one-score game. That's it's just been their M.O. through this for so long. And I feel like that's what's going to happen again. So then it comes down to that home stretch. Is Lamar Jackson capable of making all the big plays when it matters the most? To me, that's what will determine this game. If he's not, I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. If he steps up to that challenge and he does make all the plays in the fourth quarter when it's almost certainly going to be that close late, then Baltimore's going to win the game. And and so it's really, it's that's what it comes down to for me. I think it comes down to me. How opportunistic can that Ravens defense be from start to finish? Yeah. And how can the offensive line protect Patrick Mahomes if you don't have Joe Tooney? <laughs> Knowing that Baltimore is the best team in the NFL in getting to the quarterback. That's that's Absolutely. the key to me. Uh, how, how many times, too, Tommy, did did the Chiefs offense kill the defense? You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Like the Chiefs. The Chiefs' offense it hurts the defense. Yeah. That happened all the time. That's my point, is that you you can't have that 
at, on this stage against this opponent. That can't happen. I remember a few weeks ago, and it was right in the middle of the stretch when things were looking dire for Kansas City. The Christmas Day game against the Raiders and just the Packers game and all of that stuff. And I remember saying at that time, I am done expecting something different to happen with this team. Now, has something drastically different happened? No. Like they are by and large who we thought they were all season long. They have found ways to overcome that. They have found ways to overcome those deficiencies to compensate for some of those mistakes, the turnovers and it's pretty the, simple. The re- they stopped throwing it to those they receivers. Throw- exactly. You know, so they, they have found ways to compensate for it. But by and large, this team continues to be who they are. You cannot risk having any of those issues rear their ugly heads in this game on Saturday. So again, I think that I think Kansas city has to play a near perfect game for them to be able to come out on top. Doesn't mean they can't do it again. Patrick Mahomes is one of the best, especially in the playoffs at being able to overcome things. He, he can definitely so do that, but I think that they've got to play as perfect of a game as they've played all season long. If they want to have a legitimate opportunity to go to another Super Bowl. Let's look at it from a betting perspective real quick. So you're you're clearly on the Ravens to win the game. Are you laying three and a half points? With I the wouldn't Ravens? say that I'm clearly on the side for the Ravens to win the game. I just think that the the process in which both teams get there, it's a little bit easier for Baltimore. So I haven't fully made my decision yet. I mean, I, I'm okay. again, it's kind of a, a head versus Willie heart Gay. We got to see Willie Gay. Yeah, we got to see Willie Gay's practice status, which starts today when we start to get an idea on that. If Willie Gay doesn't play, my my opinion's probably going to change on that too. He is so critical uh, to what the Chiefs need to do in this game. Hey, by but the way, it. it our buddy Virgil just chimed in uh, on Twitter. Oh, Virg. Yeah, so uh, he says, Baltimore's defense is historic. KC's is pretty good. Leading the league in scoring D, sacks, and turnovers hasn't happened in the modern era. If you give up 150 yards rushing to Lamar, the Chiefs will get run out of the building. And they gave up a – they gave up – what did they give up to Josh Allen? I don't remember what the number was. I, I Again, I think that that can be a deceptive number because the Chiefs have been – quote unquote run on all year long. It's how they're run on that will be uh that will be the X factor. I'm pulling this number up here just real 72 quick. Seventy two yards to Josh Allen. Seventy two but but a collection of right they gave up hundred and eighty two rushing yards. Yeah. So Buffalo ran the ball well against them. It, that can happen and probably will happen in this game. It's how it happens that matters because the Chiefs have been run on all year. Again, their run defense is not good. By the way, neither is Baltimore's. Baltimore's run defense isn't good either. All these historic numbers for Baltimore, and as great as the Chiefs' defense has been, it has not been good against the run, and neither has Baltimore's defense against the run. What does that tell you? Are we sure that Baltimore's run defense is not great? We sure about that? Uh, didn't we look this up earlier this year? What's I mean, their the yard Ravens per carry finished, average? The, the Ravens finished with the least rushing touchdowns allowed in the league. And they're not letting opponents get into the end zone by running the football. So they I, I don't, are. I don't know the, what the yardage looks like, but they're keeping opponents the out of the end zone. Good. Yeah, the yard. They're middle of the pack in yards per game. I got to find yards per carry here. Give me just a second. Uh, we looked this up earlier in the week. I believe they both allow four and a half yards per carry. Uh, give me just a second. We're going to pull this up here. 
but yeah, they're middle of the pack in rushing touchdowns. I don't know what that means, though. That, like, how many times did teams have goal line opportunities? I, I, I don't know. That's a hard touchdowns allowed by. Okay, so Baltimore, yeah, four and a half yards. They, they both allow four and a half yards of carry. They're the same run defense, right? So we don't talk about that enough either. The X factor of this game is Isaiah Pacheco. What if Isaiah Pacheco runs for 150 yards? He's facing one of the worst run defenses in football on a yard per carry average, which I don't know how else you accurately get a gauge of a team's run defense. Even yards per game is hard because Baltimore's not going to have a lot of yards per game allowed because they were up by 30 points on everybody. Nobody's running the ball. When teams do run the ball against them, though, they've been just as effective as when teams run the ball against Kansas City. Four and a half yards a carry both teams neither of these teams have a good run defense that's why i said both of these teams game plan tommy is gonna be the exact same they're gonna try to run the ball and play good like that they're, <laughs> they're gonna think, come into this game and do the same would, thing you would think but andy reed historically does not lean on the run game even if he needs to he doesn't always do that yeah so, relative terms right he he the chiefs didn't run a lot of offensive plays in general against buffalo because buffalo controlled the controlled the clock for much of it but they ran it 23 times. They ran, it was it was a 50-50 split. That should tell I mean in an Andy Reid offense, they ran it half the time. That's like running it 90% of the time uh, for a lot of teams. Uh for Baltimore, right? I I think a I think Andy Reid running it 50% of the time is pretty equitable to Baltimore running it 43 times in the game that they played. Both of these teams are coming into this game running the ball. There's no doubt in my mind they're going to run the ball. We'll see how much the quarterback runs the ball. I think for Baltimore, it'll be a ton. Patrick Mahomes probably run it a little bit, too. 869-1240. Give us a call. Let us know what you think. We'll be on this all week, so still plenty of time. We're going to come back. We'll look ahead to some of the college basketball tonight. Both K-State, Wichita State in action. That's next on Sports Daily. I think I want to hear this. Sports Daily is on KFH. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Shocker fans, you can turn into 103.7 KEYN tonight for coverage of the game. Pre-game starts at 5.30. Wildcat fans, you'll turn in right here on KFH for pre-game coverage beginning at 7 for that 8 o'clock tip. And if you're not by a radio, both are available to you on the free Odyssey app. Uh, Doc Rivers hired in Milwaukee. No surprise there. Everybody thought that's what was going to happen. We'll see how that experiment works. If you're going to make a change, I do think that makes some sense for Milwaukee. Of course, Wichita native, we talked about this off the top of the show. Adrian Griffin was fired despite a 30-13 and 13 start to his NBA head coaching career. You can go back and listen to our conversation on that for free on the Odyssey app as well. Jad gets the entire show podcasted out, available for you right there. I know a lot of people listen to the show that way. If you are listening to us uh, from the past, we appreciate it there. We also appreciate you watching us on your on your videos. Well, I don't know what that to was. Us now. Can you do that again? That little, no. little hand. No, because now I'm second stream, guessing. I don't know what that Are was. they listening? Are we talking to them from the past or the future? We're talking to them from the past, right? Yeah, if they're listening to us on the podcast right now, you'd be hearing from us from the past. I, I made I that up. That, That's not really a thing I've ever heard. I don't know what that hand uh, gesture was that you just oh, did. Oh, that's but, the past. Uh, that's the past happening. Okay. Uh, you, by the way, you don't know what he's talking about if you're not watching this on our video stream hmm. from the present. Uh, but that's where you can see <laughs> all the hand gestures. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Spirit fingers! <laughs> Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, you can find our video stream. Uh, be warned, though. Let's talk college basketball. We mentioned Wichita State, K-State. Look, the Shockers, I mean, come on now. East Carolina is coming to your place. This is a must-win game for this team. 
It is absolutely as must-win as any game on January 24th when you're not going to be in the top half of the league has ever been in the history of the world. This is a must-win game for the Shockers. You have got to get that first win. My goodness, it's at home. It's against East Carolina. I don't care about anything else. You haven't won any of these. If you can't beat East Carolina at home, you're, you can't win any of them. Win this game. It's must-win for the Shockers and Paul Mills. You know, East Carolina, they've got their own losing streak going on right now. They've lost their last three, um, you know, not nearly to the effect that Wichita State has had their issues. But I think that Wichita State, on paper, is a more talented team. They're a better team than East Carolina is. That doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot, though, when you actually throw that out the window and the ball is tipped and, and the game gets going. I, I think that both of these teams obviously have their issues. Both of these teams are under 500 overall in the season. East Carolina has had scoring issues, kind of in the same way that Wichita State has had to an extent. So while on paper you look at just the overall um, facts of, of the matter and, and the rosters and all of that, and you can easily say Wichita State's a better team. They should win this game. Uh, that's easier said than done with a team that is in the middle of a seven-game losing streak. Yeah, look, I'm going to bet the Shockers tonight because I'm going to bet that they are able to close it out. I, you want to know, by the way, what that... Wichita State has done against the spread lately? Oh, they've been terrible. Uh, well, yeah, no, actually, yeah. I, have they been terrible? Well, in their last 10 games, they're 1-8-1 and one against the spread. Okay, that's what I thought, but yeah. then I was like, wait, they kept it close against them. So, Overall on the season, which they're 5-10-2 and two against the spread. So even before this losing streak happened, they were not covering in the way that uh, you might want them to. Since Mark Turgeon took over in the year 2000, Tommy, how many times do you think that the Shockers finished a season under 500? Uh, since 2000. Um, you know, there were the first couple seasons of Turgeon, a little bit of a rebuild. The first year of Marshall wasn't great. I'm going to say there were three years. Two. Two. First okay. year of Turgeon, first year of Marshall. Okay. And that will get that will be the thing to look at with Paul Mills because both of those coaches had a ton of success. Both of them were under 500 in their first year. Both of them in their first year in league play finished four and 14 in that league. The, you know, so I, I, we have we, I, me probably more than anybody has been very disappointed in this season. At least you know me publicly more than anybody, very disappointed in this season. But do remember this, Shocker fans. Glass half full, which I'm a big glass half full guy. Both of those two coaches who had great shocker runs, Turgeon and Marshall, both in their first years finished four and 14 in their leagues. Now, this is a different era of basketball in general in college. I think those rebuilds must happen quicker than they used to because you're not getting probably four or five seniors on the team that can buy in and do all those things. It's not going to happen for very many teams anymore. So it is a little bit different. But both of those first years were really bad. This year has been really bad for Wichita State. Doesn't need to be. They've been in position to win enough of these games. This is one they must win tonight. They have to do it. you got to get it done. The counter to that that I would say is that with Marshall, he only had the historical precedent of what Turgeon did. Took him to the Sweet 16. You know, So there was a little bit right. of, of growth there. Yep. Uh, the expectations Turgeon, were yep, very different. Turgeon didn't have any expectations. That program was yeah. in shambles. 
when he came in yeah. in the year 2000. And so anything was good. You know, Turgeon rebuilding that program the way that he did and taking them to a sweet 16. The expectations are significantly different in the year 2023 than they were in 2000 when Turgeon came in and when they were in, what, 2007 when Marshall came in to Wichita State. So that is different. Paul Mills is inheriting a program with substantial expectations and probably a lot better talent right now than what Turgeon or Marshall had in year number one for their respective programs, I would think. Especially I won't Turgeon. speak to that because I have no idea. I would think. I have no idea. I would think that the talent level of this team is better in 2023 in year one under Paul Mills than what it was when either Turgeon or Marshall started, I would think. I'm not sure. I have no I Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Literally don't know anything about Wichita State basketball. From it's the a different year conference too. Keep in mind, they're playing in the Missouri yeah. Valley in both of those. The Missouri previous... Valley was really good back in they those were. days, though. They it was it was as good or better than the AAC is now in those years. Uh, here's what else I would tell you about that historical precedent. It took Mark Turgeon. Right. It took him. And I, and these were the things that I said to be careful what you wish for as far as Isaac Brown was concerned. But it took Turgeon six years to reach the NCAA tournament. He did it once in seven years at Wichita State. It took Marshall five years to reach the NCAA tournament. And then, of course, you had the best era of shocker basketball. But it took him five years to get there. Paul Mills ain't getting five years to get to the NCAA tournament. Right. With Wichita State. So it's not the same anymore. But. It does provide just a little bit of perspective for patience, um, of which I have very little, well, admittedly. And, and so knowing that, and knowing that they're in the middle of a seven-game losing streak, knowing that the patience is running thin, what happens if they don't win tonight? What happens if East Carolina snaps their three-game losing streak? What happens if a team uh, that is, I think on paper, not as talented as, as Wichita State comes into Coke Arena and they win? And that losing streak apathy. extends to eight. Apathy will be at full force. Might be anyway, but it for sure would be at that point. If you can start to string some wins together here, then people are going to be very interested in, in in a lot of the games that are coming down the stretch. 
if you lose this one tonight, that little bit of that shred of hope for this year is going to be gone. We like talking about what the ceiling could potentially be for various teams at different points in the season. You know, I've, I've thought about this a lot. What is the ceiling right now for Wichita State basketball? And is it? Oh, I think I have a. It, it, do you think the ceiling could they get back to 500 in conference by the time it's all said and done? Is that yes. too far out of reach at this point? I mean, they're what 0 and five in conference. No, play? it's not. It's unlikely. It's it's honestly, it's more likely that they got on a run in the conference tournament. I think the ceiling is, and they showed us this. And the reason I think this is a possibility, maybe not so much with Memphis, but with Florida Atlantic, they like they were leading much of that game. Right. Even against Memphis, they were to some, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility at all that Wichita State makes a run in a tournament and becomes one of those kinds of team. If everything falls their way, because they've shown us against the top tier of this league that they can absolutely play with them for spurts. So if they can find that consistency, that would be your ceiling, a puncher's chance in the tournament where they finish in the conference is probably going to be low. But they, they'll be in a position, they should be in a position, where they've got a puncher's chance in the tournament. I, I don't think that's out of the realm. And that speaks, again, glass half full. It's not like they're getting killed, right? They're, in fact, ahead. And maybe that's even more frustrating. I mean, they I lost think there by are almost all 30 kinds against of, Memphis, but I get what you're Memphis saying. was the outlier. But they were, they were the, fir- the entire first half, that was back and forth, right? I, I think that you you just, as a Shocker fan have to continue to look at this as are they still bought in? Are they getting better? And are some of these players that are going to be a part of the future getting better under Paul Mills? Those are the important things to watch for, I think, right now, because until the conference tournament, I mean, that's really all we have. They're not going to be contending for a conference title. So until you get to the tournament. If you're playing for the conference tournament, then you're also playing for seeding in the conference tournament, right? And so a sure, puncher, but, but they're going to have to win it. I get they're going to have to win it. Anyway. I get it. But a, a quote unquote puncher's chance in the conference tournament. A lot of that will be dictated by what seed they are and what their matchups are, you know, and who they're playing. My, that. If you're my matched prediction up against, is no matter what their seed is, they'll have to beat Memphis to win that. That's what I'm going to say. So if, you're, if you're going to be, you know, the 12 seed or whatever, and you're facing Memphis in the second round, I, that that's going to be difficult regardless of when that's going to happen. Like I get all of right. that. I just, I, yeah. you know, I think it's unlikely. If they can just do what they need to do tonight, and again, I'm betting them tonight. I'm betting on the Shockers tonight. I'm making that bet. Then I do think it opens the window back. Okay, you've we've gone through that ridiculous portion of the schedule. Not anymore. Now win some of these games. You got to turn. I'm that excited corner. about you the future. Turn it over. Still, you ha- they have to turn the corner. It's not 2000 or 2007. The expectations now are so much different than they used to be. Got to get it done. That game's tonight. You'll hear it on KYN. You hear the K-State game on KFH. We'll preview that next on Sports Daily. Sports Daily is on KFH. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Glad to be alongside you, Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster. Uh, Okay, let's look at K-State tonight. Iowa State should be a fun one. 
Uh, K-State continues to overachieve, I think, Tommy. I think they have vastly overachieved, at least based on expectations when you look back at no Naquan Tomlin, none of this other stuff. I have been, and I've said this before, I think I've been equally, if not more, impressed with the job Jerome Tang and his staff have done this year than in years past. They go into Iowa State, though, tonight, the ranked Cyclones, Tommy, as seven-and-a-half-point dogs. I don't want any part of that on either side, I don't think. Um, Iowa State, interestingly, gets to host K-State, KU, in back-to-back games there in Ames. I, but I, I, don't have a, like, I don't have much of an expectation in this one. I would love to see K-State play well. I can't wait to see them in a spot like this, in an environment like this, the you know, the Farmageddon on the hardwood, but this will be a pretty tough challenge for, for K-State tonight. Yeah, I think the biggest challenge is in the way that, you know, they struggled at times against Oklahoma State, the only winless team in Big 12 play. It took a second-half yeah. comeback. They were down by eight in the second half for Kansas State to come out and win the game. It's kind of been a Jekyll and Hyde a little bit from this Kansas State team. They've got to have um, you know, more of the uh, effort and more of the outcomes that we saw, like when they opened up against UCF, as an example. Um, and there have been a couple of other games where they've been able to flex a little bit. They've got to have that kind of effort as opposed to what we saw inside Bramlage on Saturday. So if we're looking at it, I, at seven and a half, I wouldn't bet that. I wouldn't bet either way. Um, the one that I think is becoming a bet to make with them, though, and let me just look and see if they have this prop up yet, uh, but it's Arthur Kaluma, and it's his three-pointers. Let me see here. Player threes. So they've got Kaluma right now at two-plus, right? Arthur Kaluma has had two-plus three-pointers in his last four games. He's taken in his last four games six-five, six-and-five threes. He's taken at least three three-pointers, Tommy, in every single game this season. That feels like an opportunity on Kaluma to make at least two. At least two is at minus 130. If you get even crazier, you can get three at plus 225. I wouldn't do that. I would just take the minus 130 for a guy that— uh, at least you know should, because he has all season long, get the opportunities to take a bunch of them. Again, he's averaging like five, almost six three-point attempts in his last four games, right? So you need you need him to shoot 33% from three and keep his attempts up. That's kind of where I would look at uh, as a bet in that world is an Arthur Kaluma two at least two three-pointers made. That's probably the bet that I would make on this game tonight. In fact, I'm going to do that right now. You know, I actually do like Kansas State to cover the number, though, and the reason I say that is because a year ago, the two teams split, and they both won at home, but Kansas State covered both times last season. And on top of that, Iowa State this year has kind of struggled offensively in Big 12 play. They're only averaging about 66 points in conference play and and their home games in conference they only scored 57 against houston we know about houston's defense though 57 against houston and 66 against oklahoma state so they have not put up a ton of points at home in conference play and really overall in conference play uh their offense really has not been lights out so knowing that i think i might take kansas state plus eight because i do think that even though Iowa State could probably win on their home court. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. So I would take Kansas State plus no. seven and a half. Yeah, I think 65 points probably wins this game. I'm with you on that. Um, 
65, 68 points. So then, yeah, does Kansas State get into the 60s? They're probably safe. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind that thought process. Actually, I, I can, I could get on board with that. Uh, maybe sprinkle a little of that into one of the one of the sites that gives us like a same game parlay bonus or something. Throw that in there. Shockers again. I think the Shockers cover. Um, I like that a little more. I think they they have their back as squarely against the wall as it could possibly be. And I don't get the sense that this team has let up in any way on this season. And I think that's the recipe for for a big-time performance at home tonight. K-State is just going to have to grit and claw their way to try to keep this close. Iowa State's good again, right? They're 14-4 and four also. Um, let's take a quick look, actually, at the Big 12 standings for the implications there. Iowa State right now, I think they have... Two losses. Yeah, that's what I thought. So K-State can kind of keep the pace up there by themselves. Iowa State's lost two Big 12 games. K-State, of course, only the one Big 12 loss. And man, how close is K-State to being unbeaten in the Big 12, that Texas Tech game? But it, it should be a ton of fun. I'm a little surprised Kansas State is not ranked yet. That Oklahoma State performance probably didn't help them any. But these are the kinds of games in this league this year where if you can go get a game like this, it enhances your chances to win the Big 12 immensely because you figure, right, that Iowa State's also going to be there in the end, in that mix at the top of the league, especially as, you know, Kansas and Houston have faltered a little bit lately. It does feel more like you're going to have, right, Kansas State, Houston, Kansas, probably Baylor, probably Iowa State, maybe Texas Tech, probably TCU, probably Texas. Like, all of those teams are going to feel like they got a chance to win this league, and they all do. Hey, and in a Big 12 where all these teams are beating up on one another, Kansas State is a one-point loss in Lubbock away from being undefeated in the Big 12. I I am, I'm telling you, I'm just as impressed by the job they've done this year than the job they did in totality last year. No Naquan Tomlin. Tyler Perry's not playing well. If I told you both of those things, Tommy, you would have told me this might be a last-place team in the Big 12, and I would have agreed. That's a testament they, to they, Jerome They have Tank. never had Naquan Tomlin, and Tyler Perry, the guy that they brought in to be the next Marquise Noel, is not playing well at all. Both of those things are happening, and they're almost unbeaten in Big 12. I mean, man. We'll be back. You'll hear that game in Wichita State here tonight. We'll tell you more about those broadcast networks when we return. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.